So today, instead of discussing macro views of, you know, where I think the precious metal sector is going, I thought that I would do something a little different and present a company that I think is extraordinarily undervalued. Greetings, land of Arcadia Economics. My name is Dave Kranzler, and this is my bi-weekly podcast that I do for Arcadia. Um, I had a bit of a pause there in, in January um, to take care of work-related matters as well as some personal things, but I'm back, and so you're stuck with me at least for this episode. Before we get started, I just wanted to mention that this, this podcast is brought to you by Silver Viper. And you can find Silver Viper on the OTC markets under the ticker VIPRF and on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the ticker VIPR.V. Silver Viper is advancing its Law Virginia Gold Project. It's in the mining friendly jurisdiction of Sonora, Mexico. It has a total indicated and inferred resource of 414.6 thousand ounces of gold and 19.8 million ounces of silver. It's got 110 million fully diluted shares outstanding and a 17, I'm sorry, a $12 million market cap. Um, in my opinion, Silver Viper is undervalued. Um, I cover it in my mining stock journal and I'm also invested in it. And just for the record, uh, I do not receive any compensation for mentioning that Silver Viper is sponsoring this podcast. And in fact, I don't receive any compensation for any of the companies that I cover and recommend and invest in in my mining stock journal. So today, instead of looking at kind of and discussing macro views of, you know, where I think the precious metal sector is going, um, I thought that I would do something a little different, and I wanted to present a company that I think is extraordinarily undervalued. I do cover it in my mining stock journal, and it's my largest personal position, and we also have a position in the fund that I co-manage. Um, it's Viva Gold, and you can find Viva on the OTC markets under VAUCF and on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the ticker VAU.V. Viva is advancing its Tonopah Gold Project in the Walker Lane trend in Nevada. The CEO, Jim Hesketh, has extensive experience in all phases of developing and converting a project into a mine and operating a mine. Um, he's kind of done it all soup to nuts, and I've known him since 2018. The Tonopah project is an open pit configuration. Um, it's got 600,000 ounces of measured, indicated, and inferred relatively high-grade gold, and it's amenable to heat bleach recovery. Now, why is, why is this important, open pit and heat bleach? Well, um, the combination is the lowest cost mining method, um, lowest, lowest cost method of mining. Um, as an example, um, I don't know 
how many projects everyone out in the audience has, has examined or you know how extensively you look at investing in mining stocks but um in the in this situation um and based on the preliminary economic assessment the pea as they're known the all-in sustaining cost of this project is a thousand seventy five ounce uh thousand seventy five dollars per ounce of gold produced and that's that's at the low it's not the lowest cost uh, mine pro project out there or mining operation but it's on the low end in terms of all-in sustaining cost um, and the average cash cash cost per ounce is $754 per ounce and that's also uh, quite low um, I mean when you think about it if the all-in cost of producing an ounce of gold and that includes all of the, the capital expenditures um, over the life of the mine um, at the current price of gold at just call it 1850 an ounce I mean you're talking about um, a, a you know a margin of 80 percent on each ounce of gold produced it's I mean for any business that's an extraordinary margin so what makes this a good project why am I attracted to it other than I just throw out there generically that it's extraordinarily undervalued um, well there's a lot of things that you want to look at obviously um, location of the project um, the, the competency and experience of management um, in, in terms of location is it you know what's the political environment of the country or state that it's located in obviously Nevada is a very mining friendly jurisdiction um, it has an economically viable resource. There's excellent infrastru infrastructure all around this project. There's paved road access, um, easy access to power. There's a, there's a power line that that runs through the property. Um, you know, and this this is you know logistics like this are things that a lot of people don't really think about or kind of gloss over. I mean, this this is the nuts and bolts of getting a mine up and running. Um, so it's got easy access to power. It's got access to water. Um, it's, there's been advanced environmental studies that have been conducted. And I know that the company is, is working uh, closely with the regulatory authorities. Uh, a feasible, you know, I, I mentioned uh, the preliminary economic assessment. Um, they've actually done enough technical work on this thing to kind of go right into a feasibility study, and that's going to begin at the middle of this year. Um, and then they'll do an environmental economic or environmental impact study and EIS that'll commence later in the late 2023. Um, and if everything goes smoothly in terms of uh, getting permitting, getting financing for the mine. Um, they'll be able to make a construction decision sometime in 2024. And again, if everything goes smoothly, this thing should be producing gold sometime in 2025. So um, a, a lot of what I like about this project is, I mean, it's a small project, but it's a simple project. And um, the open pit nature of it makes it very 
you know, inexpensive on a relative basis to convert this thing into a mine. I mean, really, the, the, the remaining risks on this thing are risk of financing. And, um, you know, you never know with, with the regulatory authorities if you're going to run into some snags getting environmental permits or, or things like that. But it's it's certainly in an area um, that can that can use the jobs. It's got you know ex experienced uh, because it's a you know active mining jurisdiction that's got an ex mining experienced uh, work access to workforce. Um, I, I mean, I in my opinion, I don't see a lot of risks relative to other junior projects, even projects that are you know at the stage where they're ready to start a feasibility study this thing in my opinion has less risk less risks than what um is is generally available to invest in out there so and as i mentioned earlier i think this thing is extraordinarily um undervalued i, I meant to share some some slides here um i mentioned the pea study that's right here. Um, this was done a few years ago, the base case of 1400 gold. Uh, it's, it's got a 25% IRR and the NPV based on 1400 uh, per ounce gold and also based on a much smaller resource. The resource, the, the latest resource estimate is larger than then um, when they did the PEA and they've done enough drilling, they'll turn out another resource estimate uh, probably sometime this spring, I think. I'd have to verify that. But it, again, it'll be, a, it'll be a larger resource than um, the 600,000 ounce resource. So, I mean, it's, it's got a, a $44 million net present value at 1,400 gold. The current market cap of, of the company, and I, I'll get a little more into this later, is about 10 or $12 million. So um, you're looking at a potential for a four-bagger just based on these numbers. Now, with, with this profile um, of production at $1,700 for gold, you're looking at a $96 million NPV. And so at the current market cap of Viva, you're looking at about an eight bagger. Um, and and that's, that's really what I really, you know, one of the things that is attractive to me besides some of the other um, aspects of it uh, that, I've, that I mentioned a little bit earlier. In terms of the valuation of this thing, it's got 120 million shares fully diluted outstanding. Now, I look at fully diluted shares when I'm when I'm analyzing. That includes warrants and options, um, unless they're really struck significantly out of the money. Then I then I don't include them. Um, in this case, I include them because if this project works out and the stock does what I think it'll do, I can guarantee you those options and warrants are going to be exercised, and you need to include them in your your valuation assessment. So uh, with, with 120 million fully diluted shares outstanding at 10 cents a share, you've got a market cap of $12 million. And, um, you know, so just under the old PEA 
production profile in 14 or in at $1,700 gold, um, you're, you're looking at, uh, that would translate into an eight bagger. However, like I said, there's going to be a, a larger resource report, um, that'll be, that'll be released estimate, uh, resource estimate, their estimates, they're not reports, they're estimates. That's important because, um, this, this is as much art as it is science. And so it's a resource estimate. Um, but, uh, it would suggest that the the you know when they do a feasibility study, it's the you know the net present value that gets churned out will be considerably larger than the one in the PEA. I mean, part of that's going to be a much higher price of gold. Um, there, there's going to be a higher rate of annual rate of production of gold, um, and um, I mean the way that I look at the project now. And I think the way the company looks at it is that you're looking at a production profile, probably 50 to 60,000 ounces a year. Um, and in my opinion, based on comps, that, that would equate the market would, would probably assign a $100 million market cap to that. Now, why doesn't it assign it now? Why is it just $12 million? Well, it's still got a lot of steps to go through before this thing gets converted into a mine. And there's there's a lot of risk. Some are um some are risks that the company can control and some of them are risks that the company can't control um also this is the the, the company doesn't spend a lot of money on promotion so it's not necessarily a well-known name um however it does have a couple high profile investors i'll get to that in a second um a second way to look at this thing is um based on um, comparable transactions, recent comparable transactions that um, occurred in the Walker Lane trend. So in April of 2022, Augusta Gold acquired um, the reward project, which is in the Walker Lane trend, and it paid $99 an ounce for the measured indicated and inferred resource base. Okay, so that that right there, if you assume 600,000 ounces on Viva, and ultimately, Jim thinks that he's going to be able to get this thing up to a million ounces, but we'll just go with the 600,000. It's more conservative. Um, so on, on that basis, you're looking at a $60 million market cap, which again would be a five bagger from the current price, if this were going to be the economics of this project being acquired. However, um, Anglo Gold um, has been very active in the Walker Lane trend. And in September, last in September 2021, it acquired Corvus Gold. Many of you are probably familiar with that, with that company. And it paid $170 million, I mean $170 for the measured indicated and inferred resource. And it also in September 2022, it acquired Core Mining's. Sterling Secret Pass project, and it paid $165 per MINI. So, you know, let's just use the 165 number. And if you throw that on um, 600,000 ounces, that, that gets you to the $99 million number again, you know. So um, really just based on production, potential production profile, 
and on potential acquisition value, um, you know, I see this as a $100 million project, $100 million company. And at that point, you're looking at an eight to nine bagger up versus the current market cap. Um, and then there's there's one more uh, there's one more uh, little nugget here. Uh, Kinross's Round Mountain gold mine is, I think it's maybe seventy miles north of of the Tonopah project. Um, and it's they're they announced that they're going to start transitioning their mine into underground, and they've got a massive processing facility. And they're going to need feedstock, as in as in gold ore, to to keep that facility running at a much higher um, capacity, which um, is you know one of the ways that these companies lower their costs of mining is you want to run it at a more full capacity. And it would this is a situation where it might make sense for Kinross to buy Tonopah, um, and then it could truck the ore from Tonopah to its processing facility um, at Round Mountain. And again, in that case, based on uh, comparable transactions values, recent ones, I think you're looking at, you know, again, I think they'd probably have to offer $100 million for the Tonopah project in order for, um, in order for the acquisition to go through, in order for the existing investors in, in Viva to approve of the acquisition. In terms of the big shareholders, besides myself, of course, just kidding. Um, <laughs> the company did a financing, I wanna say in the fourth quarter of 2022, it might've been in the third quarter. Um, and it was, I think the number that, that they raised was $5 million. There were no warrants involved with it, which is a huge bonus. Um, and a, um, a, a, an outfit by the name of Dundee Precious Metals. Some of you may have heard of it. They're they're based in Canada, and they're they're actually a pretty well known um, precious metals and resource investment bank. And then they also have a an investment side of the business, and that's what um, they took a twenty percent stake in in um, Viva. And Jim told me that the geologist there said you know basically sees the same thing i do which coming from him since i'm not a trained geologist coming from this guy um makes me feel even better about my hundred million dollar value valuation assessment uh because jim told me that he you know the guy told him that he thinks this is a five or ten bagger from the current price which which is it was right around this price when dundee invested at 20 percent there's also a company, an investment company by the name of Rab Capital. They're based in the UK and they own 18.3% of the equity. And then uh, Mermican, which uh, many of you have heard about. I know Rafi, who does a weekly podcast for Arcadia. Um, he's, he thinks that he, you know, he has high respect for the guy who runs Mermican and um I mean, it's, you know, I feel pretty good about investing in this company and recommending it to my subscribers, knowing that there's a, a roster of sophisticated investors uh, who basically see the same thing that I do. So 
I guess in, in summary, um, this is a $10 million market cap company with a project that, um, it, you know, and I look at a lot of junior mining projects, you know, any everywhere from 100% uh, greenfield to brownfield um, in all stages of advancement between, you know, making a discovery, going through the various economic studies, the PEA, the PFS, the feasibility study. Um, and to me, this is one of the cleanest and simplest projects I've ever looked at. And, you know, if, if there's a reason that it's undervalued like this, it's, it's just because it's, it's got a relatively small share base for, for a large fund to come in and take a meaningful position that would make a difference to the fund's performance. Um, they basically have to buy out at least half the company. And I can tell you right now, you're looking at, you know, close to 50% of the investment base between Dundee, Rab, and Mermican. And, uh, you know, I don't think that they would sell out for anything less than that. And, you know, it also means that between those three investors, um, other friendly shareholders, plus insiders, there, there's probably enough to block, um, you know, a potential hostile takeover of this company. So, um, there's no promises in this business, as, as everyone out there who invests in mining stocks know. But, um, you know, again, I, in terms of risk reward, this is this is probably one of the biggest layup investments I've looked at in in the 21 years that I've been involved in this sector. So I hope this was helpful to everyone out there. And um, if you got any questions, you can. You can email me at miningstockjournal at gmail.com. Um, you know, I cover this company and update it all the time when there's when there's material news or information to share. Um, and if you want to learn more about my mining stock journal, you you can go to my website, investmentresearchdynamics.com. And there's information, there's links at the top for information on my mining stock journal and on my short sellers journal. So um until next time, uh, theoretically two weeks from today, I hope everyone has a, a good two weeks and um, a productive investing experience.